What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are off and running on a New Year's 6 edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports, Mr. Brad Thomas, my man. Do we even have anything to talk about today? I think Man, we do. We do. Bro, this... This is spicy. Like, this is the culmination of college football. It's what we all look forward to all season. Like, there's so many good games. There's so many tasty markets. Like, when I was looking at these markets, I thought I was going to be kind of like be the guy who sits on the sidelines. You know, we never are guys who sit on the sidelines. We're never the guys who are just like, <laughs> I'm not betting this game, but I thought I was going to be making like stupid bets. But I think we can actually make some pretty calculated bets. Yeah, no doubt. College football playoff day, uh, our favorite day of the year. Fate has brought us together. We will be in Atlanta to see Ohio State hopefully beat Georgia. We're going to go ahead and start with that game and talk about it from the betting perspective. These lines have pretty much been locked in for the past two weeks. There was a little bit of movement um, in the opening, but now we're pretty much set. Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia favored by six and a half points. I'll go ahead and start this one off. Yes. My 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 thoughts on this game have gone back and forth. Uh, you know, everything is going to tell you to take Georgia. And, and, and the reason I say that is because Ohio State just hasn't looked like themselves uh, over the past couple of weeks. You know, we can – or over the past couple of games. We can talk about the Michigan game in, in of itself in a 45-23 loss. But also don't forget the Maryland game the week before that when Talia Tagaviola – had yep. probably the best game of his college football career. And the reason I start with the quarterback uh, play is because I don't know if Ohio State is going to be able to pressure Stetson Bennett. I don't know yeah. if anybody is going to be able to pressure Stetson Bennett at this point. We've been talking about this kid <laughs> for three years, and he is getting ready to try and be a repeat national champion from walk-on to repeat national champion. My man Stetson Bennett, zero sacks. In their last Dude. six games, this Georgia offensive line has allowed zero and only seven total on the entire season. Now, you could say Ohio State has a lot of talent on the defensive line, and they do. But you want to tell me LSU didn't have talent on the D-line or Tennessee or or, or the entire SEC? That's, that's what really worries me because I know that Ohio State's going to be able to score points. Yeah. Then again, they only scored 23 against Michigan, so – Something went wrong in that game where where they didn't have a rhythm in that second half. If you do that against Georgia, they'll be up by 21 on you in a heartbeat. If you let off the gas for one second. And I just don't think this Ohio State defense is going to be able to stop this Georgia offense. Both offenses rank uh, in the top seven in the nation in points per game. But again, the difference is that offensive line and who's going to be able to get pressure on the other quarterback. Stroud looks under pressure. Right, I uh, uh, you know he'll he'll scramble and extend the play, but but he's not a running quarterback. He he refuses to run, and he and he wilts under the pressure. He's got great receivers, but I'm very worried about uh, the Ohio State defense against this Georgia offense. Very worried. I would say, uh, listen, I would say that I am ready to take this bet but also ready to eat my words when I take this bet. Um, I'm totally fine with losing this bet because I think that I'm in a good state of mind making this bet. I find it hard to bet Ohio State plus six and a half. Um, I already locked them in at plus seven. 
Uh, so for the podcast purposes, I'm going to say plus six and a half. I'm on Ohio State. Um, and I, I think that you ought not worry too much about this getting out of hand. Since, um, oh my goodness, since Carter went down, no, not Carter, the other linebacker, sorry, the, the other linebacker for Georgia went down, Georgia's per- pressure percentage has gone down dramatically, 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 dramatically. They have failed to get pressure on quarterbacks. When this happens against Ohio State, I think this actually plays in Ohio State's hands. C.J. Stroud, you said it, not me, wilts under pressure. When there's pressure in his face, he struggles. But if Georgia fails to get pressure in this game, I think Ohio State scores. There hasn't been a team to score more than 22 points on Georgia all season. So for me, this game will come down to the defensive side of the football. Can Ohio State stop the run? So far, I mean, I'm even going to say you guys stopped the run in the Michigan game. Donovan Edwards got all of his running success on two plays. For 98% of that game, you guys stopped the run. I think it'll be the biggest key to that game. Can Ohio State get dirty in the trenches? This is a redemption for Ohio State. I'm not saying Ohio State wins. I'm even looking at the calculated win percentage of, of what, 67% for Georgia. Um, the line the line suggests that it's probably closer to, what, 61%? I don't know. That would be way higher than 61%. That would be like 73%. Um, but I like Ohio State to cover. I think you guys put up enough points. I, I'm not in love with what Georgia's putting to the table. Um, just don't sell out to stop Stetson Bennett. Play even balance game, win in the trenches, win win in the aspects of the game that you know you can't win, and let the rest fall in place. And here's the thing, too. You're you're already making me feel much better about my bet because you know that I'm gonna be on Ohio State here. The reason I say that is because I, I don't bet against Ohio State. I wish I would have picked Michigan at least against the spread. Uh, yeah. in that Ohio State Michigan game because it was nine points. Um, and looking back on it, there was no way that we were gonna cover that. Um, but here's the thing, Ohio State. In their last 20 games as an underdog. Now, this could go back 20 years because Ohio State is not an underdog very often. Uh, yeah. Once a year, maybe. Um, so this is historically, but Ohio State is 16 and four against the spread in their wow. last 20 games as an underdog. They play differently. The only game that I can remember the last time we were an underdog would have been the Ohio State Bama National Championship. We didn't cover that one, but we were also seven point underdogs to Clemson that year, easily covered that one. There was a Michigan game where, where, where we were underdogs at home. We scored 62. So that mentality is there. Now the question yeah. is, how does the, like you said, how does the team respond? Because you're getting a second chance here. You just lost to Michigan for the second year in a row on your home field. Yeah. I, I, I mean, every. I'm not telling you anything that hasn't been said already. It's there for Ohio State if they want it. Georgia is the best team in the country. I, I have no doubt that Georgia is the best team in the country. Doesn't mean Ohio State can't win it. And you're going to give me six and a half. I'm hoping it gets to seven. Um, yeah. Probably won't uh, at kickoff. But you you know I've got all my <laughs> futures bets on Ohio State to win the national championship. You and I yeah. Ohio State. We have Ohio State. Let's go, baby. Titles. So Let's go. My in-season, uh, everything's there. So that's what I'm going to stick with and hope that Ohio State can come in here with redemption on their minds. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup. Can't wait for it. It definitely is. It's going to be fun. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the other one, uh, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU and Michigan. Michigan is favored by seven and a half. Which side are you on here? Um, I'm actually going to be on Michigan. Um, My problem with 
with TCU. They've had a great season, and I don't want this to be me taking anything away from the success that TCU has had this season. You know, TCU, in their methods of victory, have had to come back time after time. The problem is this Michigan team is not a team you could just come back against. Uh, Michigan, you know, what I love about them is their defensive success rates, right? We look how well they do early down success, right? But then you go look and you look at third and fourth down success rates, still high. I think that they, you know, they have the Joe Moore winning offensive line, right? How does TCU get pressure? They said they're going to do everything they can to make J.J. McCarthy beat them. But I think that's the problem in itself. That's where the mistake comes in. You're selling out so much so it's J.J. McCarthy beats you that it is going to be J.J. McCarthy that beats you. When coaches game plan to stop the run, and that's all they do, they all they focus, it's all they preach all week, it allows overcommitment. And we saw that in the game with Ohio State and Michigan. If Michigan get out to a 14-point lead, I don't, I'm not confident that TCU is able to come back on this sound team. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm on Michigan minus seven and a half. I really didn't think about this too much, and I haven't wavered from my opinion. I think Michigan wins this game pretty easily. And really, you could go in as, well, everyone's saying that, right? Like, like it feels like, okay, Michigan, like everyone's already got Michigan in the national championship. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's pretty much where we're at right now. And you know that, that TCU is feeling that. But when have we seen, Brad, a team like TCU get into the playoff and then make it to the national championship? It hasn't happened. Uh, you know, this 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 underdog type, and, and yes, they're power five. It's not like Cincinnati, but what it does remind me of is like a Washington making the yeah. playoff and then ju- just getting completely outclassed. You know, it, it reminds me of Notre Dame getting into the playoff twice and, and getting completely blown out of the water. There is a talent discrepancy once you get to this stage. Ohio State and Georgia match up better because they uh, consistently rank in the top five in recruiting classes. TCU yeah. does not. TCU is on the rise, and I do not understand, Brad, how they have made it here with all of those close games that they had in the Big 12, almost losing to Baylor. I mean, I could name you all the teams that they should have lost to in the Big 12, and somehow they're here. I'm not going to take anything away from that. And then one play away from an undefeated season. I mean, undefeated Big 12 regular season is impressive enough. But it also helps when Oklahoma and Texas are completely down and they're moving out of the conference because it's starting to open up opportunities for these other Big 12 programs. But Michigan is going to outclass TCU at the line of scrimmage in this game. Offensive line and defensive line, they're going to completely control the tempo, and they're going to force TCU to play their game. And as you said, if Michigan goes up by 7, 10, 14, it's going to be difficult for TCU to come back because, as you've seen, Michigan gets stronger as the game goes on. Just look at the last two weeks. They were losing to Ohio State at the half and then completely dominate in the second half. Against Purdue, it was close at the, at the half. Then they completely pull away in the second half because they wear you down. And not just with yeah. the running game, but J.J. McCarthy is, is, is finally showing that he can make some big plays too. And he doesn't turn the ball over. J.J. McCarthy is not going to make a mistake. He's, no. he's proven that. He, make, he, he might make a bad throw or two here or there, but he's only got three turnovers on the entire season with 22 touchdowns. 
So I've got Michigan minus seven and a half here. Keep in mind, TCU has a very balanced offense. They they rank inside the top 25 in rushing and passing. So, so it's not just Max Duggan, who we haven't even mentioned yet, Heisman finalist Max Duggan. But it's not going to yeah. be enough in a game where Michigan is just so much uh, more talented at key positions, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, all of those key positions that make a really good playoff team. I got Michigan winning this game by double digits. Yeah, I, I did too. And uh, I was uh, luckily, uh, I saw a pretty cool stat here. Uh, Echo rate over expected allowed 2020 season playoff defenses. Number one, Michigan. Uh, number six, Ohio State. Number 20, Georgia. TCU is all the way down at 57. Yeah. I, and, and, and there's there's a lot to be said for that. Oh, also, um, you know, for forgot to mention that uh, Michigan is averaging 40 a game. They, they only give up 13 a game. Uh, listen, the the TCU defense is really going to have to show up. Uh, they, they proved against Ohio State how difficult that offense is to stop. Because when you, as you said, when you key in on one, they're going to get you with the other. If you if, if you key on on McCarthy, they're going to get you with the run. If you key on on the run, then they're going to hit you downfield. Um, and it, it's not saying much because Ohio State's DBs just completely played out of position. Um, yeah. So so I would hope that TCU comes in with a better game plan here. But listen, TCU is ahead of schedule, Brad, as a program. I think Sonny yes. Dykes is definitely the man. It was a home run hire. Um, the Big 12 is going to open up for programs like TCU, but not here. Michigan's going to win this game easily. Yeah. I agree. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, let's go ahead and run through uh, these other four. Um, Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Two starting quarterbacks who were not the starting quarterbacks for the entire (laughs) year are playing in this game. Makes things a little bit interesting. Um, I'll go ahead and start with this one real quick. So we got Kate Klubnick starting for Clemson. We've got Joe Milton starting for Tennessee. A lot of uh, emotion going to this game for Tennessee. I think Tennessee is looking for something to believe in right now. They, their, the ending of their season has been completely uh, derailed with that loss against Georgia. They lose Hennon Hooker. They get stomped by South Carolina, and then you end the season with a game against Vanderbilt, who does, doesn't even belong in a Power Five conference. So there's not really much that we can see about how Joe Milton's going to play in this game. Yeah. Klubnik, meanwhile, has a great game in the ACC championship game. We saw last night that I think North Carolina is a little, a little bit better than people gave them credit for. Um, and this is this was the hardest pick for me because I have gone back and forth. I'm going to go with the points. I'm going to take Tennessee plus six. There's too many unknowns for me. There's too many unknowns for me to take Clemson uh, minus six, even though I think Klubnik is the better QB. But this is okay. the first time that he's going to go in knowing that he's the starting quarterback on a big stage. It's a little bit different than waiting in the wings behind DJ and, oh, oh, I might go into this game. I might not. You, you go in really with no pressure. You perform well uh, in that ACC championship game. Uh, not to say that I think Joe Milton will play better than him, but I think Tennessee as a whole is really looking to end their season strong. I don't think that they're going to roll over in this game. I still think there's enough there for them to at least cover the six. I don't have to pick a winner. I just have to say that I think it's going to be a close game, so I'll take the points. Oh, so this is this is what we're doing now. We're gonna be at the bar together, hanging out Great. on opposite sides. Yeah, I am on Clemson. Um, I know Miles Murphy's not playing, but I do think they have enough G's on that defensive line to get pressure on Joe Milton and make him have to beat him. Unfortunately for Joe Milton, it's not like Joe Milton steps in here <clears throat> with a full roster. Excuse me. 
Joe Milton steps in here, and he's not going to be able to just rely on Cedric Tillman, rely on the wide receiver of the year in Jalen Hyatt. They are both opted out for the draft. And then we talk about Kublik. Klubnik's life is going to be difficult, you know, knowing he's a starter pressure, right? Tennessee boasts the 127th pass defense in the country. I think that Clemson embarrassed Tennessee. I think that the lights are going to be too big for Joe Milton, who's going to have to do more than anybody would have expected. So that's that's how I say it. I hate that we're on different sides, you know. It's tough, but I just it is what it is. I, Maybe with a few beers, I can be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right, what's next? All right. What's next? We have. Oh, wait. Hold on. Okay. Roll we time. have. Oh, my God. Kansas State versus Alabama, the Sugar Bowl. Alabama, six and a half point favorite. I'll kick this one off. Man, I was so close to going to this game. I, I my at set points in time. I was upset that I did it. Because Bryce Young's going to play. Will Anderson's going to play. Moody's out because Moody's out in this league. Branch is probably out. Gibbs is going to play. Listen, there is no part of me that realistically believes that any of these guys <laughs> are going to play more than one quarter of football. I think this is going to be one of those where we see these guys for a little bit and they're done. I am on Kansas State plus six and a half. It's all smoke and mirrors, guys. Alabama's going to play their guys, and then it's going to be the, the Milrow and Ty Simpson show for Alabama. And it's going to be Jason McClellan, not not Jameer Gibbs. It's going to be Dallas Turner we're going to be thinking about, not Will Anderson. It's going to be one of those games. Um, I, I think Alabama win ultimately, but I think it's going to be close, man. I think it's going to be like a two- or three-point game. Wait, why why would Bama play all their starters and then pull them after a quarter like they're warming up for the NFL playoffs? I just don't I just don't realistically believe Nick Saban's gonna have his guys go out there and get hurt. For me, it's like I think this is one of those situations where when you think about this, you think Nick Saban is really it's more important for him to show his guys that he can keep his guys healthy and make good decisions in recruiting in the long term. Yeah, no, and, and I don't disagree with that. Um, I guess it's making me rethink the situation. But honestly, man, this is this is why these these non-playoff bowl games are so difficult to pin. I mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've got Alabama minus six and a half as my choice. The reason I have that is because Kansas State's defense ranks 54th in passing yards allowed and 61st in rushing yards allowed. So they win the Big 12 without a defense. Um, yeah. Obviously, they have a great running game. Deuce Vaughn's going to play well. You could argue the fact that Kansas State is going to come in here with their butts on fire. They're going to have all the motivation. You know, how much motivation does Bama have? Um, but I know that when we've got Buddy Mary's going and it's New Year's Day, that you and I are both going to be putting my <laughs> Okay. But yeah, we will. Plus six and a half we will. All right. And if Kansas State covers, then I will tell you, okay, well, <laughs> you, you said it first. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's go to another gonna... one where the motivations might be a little more clear. We've got Tulane uh, and USC. USC is a one-point favorite in this game. Uh, I guess the question is how healthy is Caleb Williams? Did yeah. He just won the Heisman Trophy, um, but he didn't look right in that Utah game. Uh, you know, if he's not healthy, how, you know, is is he going to be limited? Uh, that's that's where my mind's at, but I can't pick Tulane to win the game, so I'll pick USC minus one. Now, 
Tulane is 11 and two against the spread this season. That includes a win against Kansas state. But again, we are talking about discrepancy here in conferences. We're talking about the talent of USC on offense and the talent that Tulane has played. Did you watch UCF in that bowl game this week? That's who <laughs> Tulane played for their conference championship. I was I was all over Duke. I was so happy. As a UCF alum, it hurt. But as a better, I was like, let's go. Yeah, because it was easy. I, I mean, easy. That, that UCF team, they played for a conference title, and, and, and yet the – they can't even compete with Duke on a neutral field. Now, yeah, I think I think Tulane is a is a much better team. Uh, but listen, this is just this is just about Lincoln Riley, USC on offense. Um, that's that's who I'm going with. I will say this, Miles. Um, I'll say, oh my God, I hate this. Why? Because I have to make a decision on betting a team. If I don't know if Caleb Williams are playing, if Caleb Williams is playing or not. So I'm going to say he's not playing. No Caleb Williams. No Travis Dye, who was lost during the season. No Jordan Addison. I'm going to go with Tulane here. Willie Fritz has Tulane moving in the right direction. Tulane has no injuries, no opt-outs. How I don't know how on God's green earth they have zero opt-outs in this um in this new transfer portal world. But I'm going to go with Tulane. And a lot of that has to do with Caleb Williams. If it were for Caleb Williams, USC would not be a nine-win team. Their defense is god-awful. And you know what's even worse? It's not the talent that they have on their defense. Because if you want to look at the NFL draft, they're probably going to have two first-rounders drafted in the first round from that defense. It's the schemes, it's the tactics, and it's the tackling. I think that Tulane wins this game. They put a hurt on the USC brilliant season that they had. But for Lincoln Riley, it's not a bump in the road. They're not going to have their starting quarterback. They're not going to have a yeah. starting running back. And he's just going to recruit again at another high level and get great transfer guys in. Yeah, this this game means absolutely nothing for USC. Uh, that's, that's the thing that, that you've got to keep in mind. Nothing. Lincoln Riley doesn't care about it. USC doesn't care about it. As you said, Caleb might not even play. It means everything to Tulane. To, to, uh, to, to um, so definitely something to keep in mind. All right. At, at least we agree on the playoff. Um, cause we can't agree on anything here. Let's go ahead and end it with the Rose bowl. It's Penn state and yes. Utah. Utah's two point favorites. What do you got for me? Listen, listen, listen. Can Utah get it done after, after letting down last week? I mean, last season in the Rose bowl, they had the Buckeyes on the ropes, but they just couldn't finish the one, two punch. Come on Penn state. Um, yes. I'm on Penn State here. Joey Porter Jr. is not going to play, go. but this Penn State defense is great. And you know what's crazy? People will talk about this is when you know I feel like there's so many casuals in media, like or guys who and this is no dig on them. They're making millions of dollars, but guys who say who, who cover a lot of sports and say they love college football but don't watch college football. I've seen people saying, "Well, Penn State's not going to have Kayvon Lee." Kayvon Lee is a ceremonial starter. They're gonna eat, they're gonna eat Utah up with Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. When you have a double-headed back like this, it doesn't matter if Sean Clifford is going out there uh, and not playing well. This is a good Penn State team. This is a Penn State team. If they, they have to play Ohio State or Michigan, probably could be in the college football playoffs. 
I can't say the same about Utah, who beat a USC team who I'm also fading in their bowl game. Yeah, uh, I'm all over Penn State here. Uh, Utah in the Rose Bowl for the second consecutive year, which is their Super Bowl to them. They don't care about the playoff. You know, it was the same thing last year um, with the Ohio State uh, Rose Bowl, where I think there was like 20% Ohio State fans, 80% Utah fans. I think more Penn State fans will travel, but uh, this Penn State team is really good. And you yeah. know, you when when you've got to play Ohio State and Michigan every single year, and those are the two games that you lose, people are going to forget about you. But this Penn State team is really good. They finished the year so strong. All right, in their last three games that Penn State played, this defense allowed eight point seven points per game. So there's there's no letdown with this team. Uh, you know, so I think Penn State comes in and wins. We get two points. They're also eight three and one against the spread this year. Not taking anything away from Utah. I think they're going to put up another really good fight, just like they did against Ohio State last season. But I think this Penn State team is trending in the right direction, and they're going to be up for this game just as much as Utah. It's going to be a great final game be great. Uh, to the season before the national championship. I am like looking forward to this game. Um, I'm I haven't decided what I'm going to do in terms of prop bets for this game, but I think that we're going to be able to fade some of the U.S. Uh, excuse me, the Utah guys. Um, which is going to be fun. And, you know, I don't love betting unders, but in college football, betting unders is really profitable for player props because everyone thinks that this guy who hasn't caught more than three passes in a game all season is listed number one on the depth chart is going to go out there and catch 60 yards worth of passes. So it's going to be a fun game to watch and a fun game to bet on. But we really can't wait for the college football playoff. Everybody, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Enjoy the best day of the year if you're a college football fan. It doesn't matter if your team's in it or not. Take it from me. Yeah. Take it from Brad. His team's not in it this year. My team wasn't in it last year. I still enjoy it every bit as much. It's the best day of the year. Enjoy it. And throw all the betting money that you have left in your college yeah. football on that day. Because this is it. This is Guys, this is one of those things we talk about being smart betters, but this is one of those times it's okay to overextend. It's the culmination of the football season. I'm going to overextend responsibly, but I'm still going to bet a lot, and I'm going to have a ton of beers with my boy, Miles Markowitz, while watching the Buckeyes beat the Bulldogs. All right, man. I will see you in ATL tomorrow. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe Talk to you soon. Take care.